Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Amen. I, I want us to, to take a moment this morning and, uh, and focus on one word in our, in our mission, okay? And that's the word impact. That I just want to focus on that word today and just, you know, put it up in front of us and remind us about this word and what is this word and, and, and why is it in our mission statement. And so I've just got a short word for us this morning before we go and have tea and coffee and muffins and, and just hang out together. And my word is entitled High Impact Players. Okay, High Impact Players. Now, you must forgive me. <laughs> it's a Rugby World Cup. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like all over the World Cup at the moment, okay? And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm really, really stoked. So this is, this, I put this picture up because I'm just so stoked because of the match yesterday. Not, not actually the Springboks winning. We expected to beat Namibia. That was, that was going to happen. But, uh, but, but the Japan victory over Ireland yesterday was just so wonderful. Wonderful because... Maybe for the next five years, we won't hear about them beating us at the last World Cup, but about Ireland. So. <laughs> anyway, okay. If you have a Bible, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2. It's Ireland's turn. And we're going to eat sushi in celebration. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 2, and um, before we get there, I want to just, this, this word impact, all right, um, is, is really, what it means is, is, as a Christian, you know, we are called to live lives of impact. When you, when you, when you look at the Bible, this is what, what God wants from us. He, he wants us to have an impact in the world, and the word impact means lasting impression, or to make a difference, or change the way things are. When, when you look at, uh, in sports, what you have is what they call these high-impact players in sports. And typically, they're on the bench, and they're like skilled at something. And when the game is not going according to plan, or uh, the results are not what they seem, they, they release the bench, the high-impact players onto the field. And their intention is that when we release these players, they're going to turn the game around. They're going to change things. And so that's the term in sport. But, you know, I got thinking about that. We, as that's what we are as Christians. You know, Jesus, you know, we, we, were, we, were with, we were in eternity beforehand with God in his mind, in his, in his heart. He thought about us before time even began, and we were on the bench. And, and then for such a time as this, he released us now for this time, for this generation to Make an impact in this city. You are called to this church. You are called to the city. You are called to business or politics or whatever, the ministry or whatever you're called to for such a time as this. And I want you to know this morning that you are an impact player. God has called you to be his impact player and he's released you now to be an impact player in the world. You are not meant to just survive this world and get into heaven. Like, yay, I just made it. Woo! Jesus, I'm safe. I, some, no, we, you know, we often, we often praying like, Lord, take me to heaven. But Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so, you know, we're, we're looking to Jesus, you know, to beam me up, but Jesus is looking to us to bring heaven onto earth. God's vision is heaven on earth. He wants to see righteousness, joy, peace in every sector of society, every neighborhood, in Point Road, on the Berea, here, Durban North, all over. He wants to see his kingdom come to this area, and we're the impact players. The church is the impact players. We're the ones that he's looking at. And I'm not just filling you with some idealistic talk this morning. This is Bible. Jesus said, you are the light. Finish it. You are the light of the world. Look at somebody this morning and say, hey, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. I mean, and that's, you know, we're not being arrogant when we say that. We're not being like, those are the words of Jesus. That's him speaking over our lives. He's saying, you are the light of the world. You know, when you look at the Bible, you see there's the big theme between light and darkness. The Bible says that, you know, God is light and in him there is no darkness. He, there was darkness over the earth and God commanded light to shine forth. And he has commanded light to shine forth in our hearts. We were in darkness. And then Jesus is the great light. And he came to the earth and the people who sit in great darkness have seen a great light. And so light and darkness is this great theme. And we, and we sing songs. Jesus is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You know the song? We sing that song. And I just thought for a moment, I wonder if Jesus... Jesus, we sing that to Jesus, but I wonder if Jesus sings that to us. Because it's so easy sometimes to just turn, you know, it all there, but, but Jesus, where's he looking? And what is he saying over us? I believe he's singing, you're the light of the world over us. And so what does that mean? Light, light in the Bible speaks about healing. It speaks about righteousness. It speaks about uh, purity. It speaks, you know, about uh, the life of God, life, healing, all of these things. When he says, you're the light of the world, he's basically saying, you're the healing for the world. You're, you're, what's, you're the restorer for the world. You're what I'm sending into the world to destroy darkness. Darkness is always associated with evil and poverty and any form of slavery or oppression that comes over people. And so light always dispels darkness. And so when we're the light of the world, God is calling us to dispel darkness from this world, to bring people out of darkness and slavery and poverty and all these things. That, that's the calling on our lives. Can you nudge somebody this morning and say, that's the calling on your life? And then the reason why I just want to drive this home is because sometimes, and that's why we had just... So many different testimonies up here this morning. Sometimes we think this is just for the super people. They're the light of the world because they're maybe, you know, they're, they're on stage like Sandile. He's, the, you know, and he's doing his, you know. <laughs> Love you, bro. You know. How was that this morning? That was powerful. You know, they, we, we kind of reserve light of the world just for the people who are standing up but you know, Tsukhang is the light of the world in government, right there. Uh, Ndale is the light of the world right there in his, in his corporation, right? You know, Diane in the NPO field where she's working and powering, she's the light of the world over there. So wherever God has deployed us, we're it. You know, we are that light and we are meant to be dispelling the darkness and the corruption and the crime and the grime and all of these things. We are the light of the world. So, um. I want us just to, to look at 2 Kings chapter 2 this morning. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. And maybe, yeah, it's there. Can we read it together? Let's go. And the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, 
inhabiting of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees. But the water is bad, and the locality causes miscarriage and barrenness. He said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. And they brought it to him. Then Elisha went to the source of the waters and cast the salt in it and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be any more death, miscarriage, or barrenness and bereavement because of it. So the waters were healed to this day as Elisha had said. Amen. This story in, is, is a highly prophetic, you know, symbolic story in the Bible. And there's so much meaning attached to it. And so often when we read the, te- the Old Testament, we can't just take these stories as like face, face value. What we have to do is put on the eyes of the New Testament because it's only through the eyes of the New Testament that we actually start to see why these, some of these stories are actually in the Bible. They're, they're prophetic pictures. So when God spoke in the Old Testament, he always spoke in prophetic pictures and mysteries. But when, now when you look through the cross, uh, you, you can look back on those stories and you see the light of them. You can see what he meant by them. And so if we put our New Testament goggles on, can you put your New Testament goggles on and look at the story? That's what we're going to do for a moment. What we see in the story is that there is a river that supports a city. Okay, there's this river and it's a toxic river and it's, and it's supporting the city, but it's causing death, miscarriage and barrenness. And maybe you have seen something like this in the world where, you know, they said to the prophet, this is a pleasant city. This is a beautiful city. The water is warm. The beaches are golden. The, you know, there's the natural beauty. It's a beautiful place. It's pleasant to live. It's wonderful to be here. But there's a, there's a toxic stream flowing through it. And it's causing death, miscarriage, and barrenness. And, and maybe you've seen this in the business world. You know, you have these pictures of this, you know, when you're applying for jobs and you like, you see, whoa, that's the company I'd love to work for. You know, I mean, they've got a canteen, <laughs> a view over the ocean. <laughs> there's, there's the, the, you know, whatever. There's, the, there's this, and they've got a nice brochure and they make a cool product. And there's, you know, it just seems like, Like that's the place to be. And so you get the job and you start working in that place and then you find out that it's actually a highly toxic environment. That there's workaholism, there's favoritism, there's nepotism. People are standing on each other's heads to try to climb that ladder over you. There's, there's backstabbing. There's somebody who's trying to deliberately sabotage things. And you know what I mean? And so you get into the environment and you, it's a pleasant place. The brochure is amazing. The, the, the business looks good, but there's this toxic stream. There's, this, there's something toxic flowing through it. Maybe the parents know what I'm talking about this morning. You, you looked at schools for your kids. And then you're like, oh, this is such a... And you go to the open day. You know what open days, you know? They lie. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, all the best stuff comes out on the open day. And then you, you send your kids there and, and, you know, nice brochure, nice sports facilities, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you find out there's pedophilia happening and there's... There's a whole lot of, you know, dodgy stuff happening. There's porn and there's all these things coming into the school and you're wondering, like, is your child actually safe there now? 
because it looks good, it's pleasant on the outside, but there's a toxic stream flowing through it. You know, when I was thinking about this message, I thought about DUT. I was reading the newspaper just two days ago, and I see this incredible, in the newspaper, there's this incredible, there's this advert for DUT, this like advert, and it's an amazing advert. Can you see that advert? Next level graduates. I mean, that looks incredible, you know? And it looks like there's smart kids there, and they, you know, they've grown up now and graduated and whatever. And like, you just think, oh, nice courses, but there's something toxic flowing at DUT. You know, we, we've just witnessed the last of Sandil and Lovu, like murdered, you know, attacked violently, and we don't even know what happened to him. Passed away just here at City Hospital a couple, a couple days ago, a week ago. And, 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 and other stuff happening. You know, students pouring petrol on security guards, trying to set them on fire. You know what I mean? So, so nice, pleasant brochure, but there's, there's something toxic there. Something's not right, and it's causing death, it's causing barrenness. So streams that flow in the Bible always speak about spirit. So they are. So a stream that's flowing to a city is always, the prophetic picture is always about, it's talking about the spirit, the prevailing spirit that's flowing into that place. We see this in the book of the Revelation, chapter 22. I have the scripture for you. It says the following. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. Sounds amazing. I want to eat that. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So here... We're seeing another stream that's flowing through the new Jerusalem and to another city. But I want you to notice like, where the stream flows from, the source of the stream. Where is the source of the stream? It's highlighted. <laughs> I need participation. It's flowing where? From? Thank you. Come on, every nation. It's flowing from the throne of God. And what is that stream? It's pure crystal. It's bringing life and healing to nations, which says to me that when God is in charge, when God is ruling, the stream, the life that flows is one that brings, is that brings healing and life. Jesus said when, when you get born again, it'll be like streams of living water that will flow from your innermost being. What you're saying is I'm going to plug you into a new water source into a new stream and you're going to find a new avenue of life flowing through you, through you maybe that you haven't experienced before. So in order to solve this problem, the prophet Elisha goes to, where does he go? He goes to the source of, of the stream. And, and I want to say this, guys, if we're going to make an impact, if God's, God's called each of us to make an impact, if we're going to make an impact, what we've got to do is we've got to go to the source of, the t of whatever stream is flowing in whatever place we are. And what does that mean? What does it mean to go to the source? It means we go to prayer. It means we go 
to the Lord and we take authority wherever he has called us and in the spirit we begin to declare the word of God over that place. You know, we have got to learn as Christians that we do not fight and wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. That's in the Bible. That's just scripture. And so sometimes you can get into an environment and you find that you're wrestling and you're struggling and there's all this stuff going on. And if you're not smart enough, you can think that it's a natural battle. And that it's a battle with your boss, or it's a battle with your colleagues, or it's a battle with your neighbor, or it's a battle with this. I want you to know that it starts, the source is is in the spirit. And we've got to go learn how to go and take authority in the spirit. Can somebody say amen? amen? Take authority in the place God has called you to be. No, when we start to stand in the authority that God has given to us and we start to pray for our school or our campus or our city or our business, or, and you don't even have to be the owner or whatever of the business. You don't have to. We can, we can take authority whatever position. If we're in the mail room, we can turn the tide. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and to, I will heal the business. I will heal that institution. I will, it, he's not looking to the leaders. He's looking to my people who are called by my name, who will then humble themselves and begin to pray in that place like you own that place. You know? Guys, I want you to know... Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that has God given to you. If, God, if you have a, a position in a business or an institution or in a hospital, I want you to know that you have authority there. You are God's ordained person for impact. You're an impact player. You're impact. You might think, oh, I'm not in management, so I can't really decide. How. No, I want you to know, you, as, when you walk into that door, you are in authority. And your prayers are mighty before God. He says the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available. Amen. So when you stand in your place, in the spirit, and you begin to release words in that place, you change the source that's flowing in that place. You literally are able to shift the culture in that place and tap that business or institution to the throne of God and let the stream of God begin to flow in that place and then you'll see healing come, salvation come, deliverance come because you stood in the gap. Because you stood in that gap. So I want to encourage you, you have to stand in the gap. Stop looking down on yourself, people. Stop looking, stop thinking you're so small. I just, I'm just a student at this campus. No, you are mighty before God. You are mighty before God. You can walk the length, breadth of that campus and begin to declare things and speak of things that aren't as though they are and take authority. And I bet you the culture, the environment, the climate will shift in that place because you are there. He's not looking for an army, <laughs> just two can put 10,000 to fly. One can do 1,000, but just two can be, what can a connect group do in a residence, people? What can a prayer cell do in a business? We've got to go to the source. We've got to go to the source. You know, when I think about this last year and how we have dedicated ourselves with prayer, 24-7 prayer, and we began with burn and we started to pray for our city, we have almost like every day been praying for the government in our city. And in the last year, man, have we seen God just, you know, we've had literally prayer meetings here and newspaper headlines the very next day. 
the very next day. It's like, it's been incredible. And, I, you know, sometimes we like, you know, you just, we don't, we don't know our impact. We don't know. I want, Jesus says you're the light of the world. He's listening. Your prayers can turn nations. They can turn everything. They can turn the tide of everything. You have the power in prayer. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Move on. Otherwise, I'm going to labor that too long. Okay. That brings us to, where do we go? To the source. Which brings us to the bowl and the salt. Okay. He takes a new bowl and fills it with salt. Again, New Testament goggles on. Okay. Can we put New Testament goggles on? What is salt in New Testament? What did Jesus say? You're salt of the earth. Okay, what, what, is, what is salt good for? Healing flavor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <I'm in. laughs> hey okay, for flavor. Yes, it brings flavor, okay? But it's also good for healing and preserving. In the old days, when we didn't have refrigerators and freezers and stuff, if you wanted to preserve meat, what you'd do is take salt and rub it into that meat, and it would stop it from rotting. And really, that's what we are. God takes us and deploys us in the world, so we stop, we're literally there to stop the rot, okay, that's happening in this world. In our city, in our nation, whatever it is, we're, we're it, okay? We're the salt. Jesus called us the salt. Then he says, give me a new bowl. And again, that word new is so significant because when you look at it through New Testament goggles, what you see is in the words of Jesus saying, behold, I give you a new commandment. Behold, this is the cup of the new covenant. Look, you can't put old wine into new, new wine into old wineskins. You need new wineskins. So new wineskins, new commandment, new new, he's talking about the church. So the bowl, for the sake of illustration, is, is the church. Okay, the bowl is the container for the salt. Because as wonderful as salt is, you know, it, it needs something to contain it, something to bring it together, something to protect its potency. Because if it's just by itself out there all the time, it loses its potency. So when it comes together with other salts and we rub shoulders, rub, rub shoulders with the salt next to you, people. That, you know, when we rub... Against, we increase our potency, okay? So, so the ball in this is, is the church. And the church's role in society is exactly that, is to preserve the potency of the salt, right? To make sure that the salt really is salty, okay? The stream that he pours it into represents the different streams that God has called us to. Politics, business, economics, governments, whatever, wherever you are, media, advertising. So the, the streams are there. And so I want you to see the action of this prophet. He takes a new bowl, right, with salt, and he pours it into the stream. But when he pours it, he doesn't just pour it. I want you to notice what he does is he prophesies at the same time. And he says, thus says the Lord. Okay. And so this is picture is a picture of us coming together in the containment of God to increase our potency and then God releasing us into the streams of this world. So this is how the flow works. We, we gather together to become potent and then God releases us. This is a bowl moment, okay? And then, and then Monday is a stream moment. That's when you're out in the stream, okay? You pour it out into the world. But when he pours out, he doesn't just pour it out, he prophesies. 
which speaks about the need for us to live under the prophetic direction of God. You know, Tzachank said she, she had a dream that God was calling her into government or to alleviate some sort of suffering that was happening. That, ladies and gentlemen, is prophetic direction. That came from a night when we gathered to the advanced class and we, began, and we invited some prophets to come and they began to prophesy and speak the word, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord. Every one of us in this room needs to live under the prophetic direction of God. We heard about Diane. There was many callings on her life, even from a young age, to be a missionary in Africa. So that is the prophetic direction of, of God. Many words over my life, and I know lots of us have these prophetic words and we mustn't despise these words you know sometimes we can get so wrapped up in in the in the struggle of life and making ends meet we forget that we are prophetically called as a people to a prophetic purpose to a higher purpose more than just paying the bills every month and we live and move under the prophetic direction of God we live where he's calling us to live we study where he's calling us to study we do the job that Diane could have stayed in her job. She had a nice salary. She was, you know, living the high life in London, traveling, you know, around Europe. That's what Londoners get to do. You get to travel, you know, living the good life. But the call of God, but the call of God was like, no, I want you to leave your salary, go raise your own support, go back to Africa and make an impact. And we should never be afraid to do what God has called us to do and step out under the prophetic direction of the Lord. It's gonna take you out of your comfort zone, people. It's gonna take you, you know what? I've never been comfortable following Jesus. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Just when I start getting comfortable, I start getting nervous because I know that there's another challenge coming my way and it's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna need Jesus again, you know? I'm gonna be back on my knees. I just... You know, sometimes I prayed for comfort. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I'm just like, Jesus, I just need a little, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but, but he hasn't called us to the salt cellar. You know, salt is like, well, it's in the bowl. It's great, but it's, but the bowl is not the goal. Okay. The bowl is not the goal. All right. The stream is also not the goal. Mm-hmm. The, the ball's not the goal. The salt isn't even the goal. Okay, we've got some fresh stuff happening now. <laughs> the salt isn't even the goal. You know, sometimes in this walk, you can think that because there's so much God is doing in you that it's actually all about you. Do you know what I'm saying? And you get so wrapped up and God's dealing with this in me and, he's, you know, and, and I'm going through this and then there's a scripture and I'm trying to work this thing out in my life. And, 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 if you, and, and it's true. You are God's workmanship. Okay, that's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2. You are his workmanship, recreated in Christ to do good works. So he is working on you. But I want you to know that you are not the goal. <laughs> He's working on you because there are good works which he has for you to do. <laughs> you are his workmanship, created to do good works, which he predestined for you to do. So you can so easily get wrapped up in you and forget that you are not, the, the salt is not the goal. Yeah. And then the bowl is also not the goal. <laughs> you know, if we're not careful, we can like, you can go from connect to growth plan to prayer meeting to conference to 
I don't know whatever else you got going on in the ball world and 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 you can make and now you you serving in a team or ministry and hey you tithing on Sunday and you can think man I have reached the highest corporate ladder in Christianity I am serving I'm in connect I go to Sunday your services I I am I am I'm Christian you know I'm doing it I got a new bible I've done DMC I'm I'm I the ball is not the goal. The goal is there to increase our potency. And, to, and, and from the ball we get released under the prophetic word of God. The stream is not the goal either. <laughs> the stream is also not the goal. You know, sometimes we as Christians, we get wrapped up in our corporate world. In my, in, my, in my calling, and my calling in the world is to do X, Y, and Z, but we forget about the bowl, and we lose our saltiness, because we're just out there all the time, and we can get so caught up in becoming proficient, and excellent, and climbing that ladder, and doing all the right things, and that's what we are called to do. We're called to be invested. We're called to be excellent. We're called to be proficient at, at what God has done. We should be like Daniel, 10 times better you know, than anybody else in the workplace. But, but we can then lose sight of the higher purpose of why we're there. And we get so wrapped up in the corporate mission and not the kingdom mission. So the stream is also not the goal. What is the goal? It's the healing of the city. That's the goal. And so typically what we have is we have Christians who are all about the salts. You know, it's all about me. And then you get the Christians who are all about the ball. Man, I'm doing all the ball stuff. We're always in the ball. <laughs> Just my whole life is the ball. <laughs> and then you get the Christians who are, you know, they're, they're not doing those. And they're, they're all in the workplace. And yeah, we've got to climb the ladder and, and you know, be this and be a Daniel and whatever. But they're, they're actually losing their potency and they've lost the kingdom purpose for why they're there. It's a combination of all three at the same time. It's about preserving our saltiness. It's about staying in the ball, but it's about being deployed where God has called us. And the end purpose, the end result of it all is this, is that Durban would be different. Durban would be healed. We would see DUT turn around. We would see our races turn around. We'd see our neighborhoods turn around. God has called us, Every Nation Durban, for impact. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at emdurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.